Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. All right. It is Friday. And as you know, we always do a Friday financial wrap up with Mr. Michael Zuber. How are you, Michael? I'm doing well, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. I, I said pre-roll. It's really nice to be connected and surrounded by really smart people. So thank you for being a blessing in my life and as well as the community. So thank you for all the work you do. Oh, it, it goes both ways. Um, you add so much value to me. This, this weekly wrap up is something I look forward to. And, and uh, you're helping out my students uh, by creating some bonus content. So it's, it's, uh, it goes both ways. Thank you very much. I love it. I love it. So let's get right into it. Today is July the 22nd, 2022. A lot has happened. Let's talk about July 20th, the National Association of Realtors. What happened there? Yeah. So this is an important date. The reason is it's important is I, um, you know, I was talking about this for three weeks. Like that's the day, that's the day that we finally understand that housing is crashing in transactions. And so we got there and sure enough, uh, housing transactions are crashing. We're down about a million from last year. Runway last year was 6.1. We did 5.12. The reason this is important is because the experts were actually calling for 5.4 million. And I'm like, I don't think so. I think it's coming in between 5.1 and 5.2 on the way lower, right? So again, what I believe July 20th is going to be, and I'm already seeing articles as expected. It's like, wow. Real estate slowing down. I'm starting to see more and more people talk about real estate transactions crashing. Uh, just in the last week, I've seen three or four other YouTube channels now actually using transaction crash, which is cool because we've been talking about for a while. And they're crashing across the country. On the 20th, I did a live stream and I read off like 20 cities where transaction has had crashed somewhere between 13 and 28%. And, and again, it's if you expect it to come, you're ready for it, right? It's, it's the folks that were not prepared. They're like, oh my God, what happened? Uh, you know, we went from having no listings to lots of listings and price drops. This is all about housing slowing down. And it's okay. We'll get through this. It, it, if this is your first time, this feels weird. And, um, but that's why we talk to you every week that we told you this was coming. Uh, also, median home price went up, which shocked a lot of people. It went up to 416, a record. Those are year-on-year numbers. Uh, again, a lot of people, I, I can't tell you, Ty, how many people have told me, Michael, if transactions crash, median price has to crash. You don't understand. Your economics degree doesn't work. I'm like, all right, well, that's a kind of insulting. But uh, you know, we had evidence on the 20. Transactions for the country went down 14.5%. And the median home price set a record. Uh, I think it was up 12.5%. People don't like to hear this, but the Fed broke housing. We've lost the low end, Ty, June 20th, perhaps the most important metric. The median home price, you line them up, the median, the cheapest house and the most, most expensive. You just line them up and you pick the number in the middle. Did you know that we lost 31% of the low end? So I don't care how long your list is. I don't care if it's a thousand. I don't care if it's 10 million. 
If you whack 31% of the low end, your median home price is going up. It's how math works. And people lose their mind. They don't understand. And they're like all upset with me. And I'm like, you're not, I don't know why you're upset with me. It's math. So, uh, but it happened. Transactions down, I think 14.7% down to 5.12 and going lower. And the median home price went up because the Fed broke housing. It's kind of simple, but now things get interesting. I'm excited by where we go. It's, uh, but you know, if this is your first downturn, it's kind of scary, right? Yeah, for sure. It definitely a lot of concern. I get a lot of phone calls during the week, people asking, Hey, what do you think? What's going on? What are you noticing? Um, it's interesting too, that, you know, like talking about median value, and then also understanding that a lot of the like investment grade stuff that you buy a single family, as an example, or two to four units, it's typically stuff that's below the median. And mm-hmm. that's also a part of it, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, as somebody who studied the national housing market for 30 years, there's only a couple of numbers I can, I can look at. And one of them is the median home price. That's why I'm so in tune with it, right? Um, but yeah, when, when I'm in my market, so again, let me be very clear. When I talk about median home, median home price, you, the viewer, shouldn't care. Shouldn't care. You invest in a city. If you're following what I talk about, you invest in a buy box, which is a super, super uh, small segment of your city. What I say about the median home price, frankly, what I say about transactions should mean nothing to you. It's intellectually interesting and stimulating. I am calling things that 90% of the world in econ- econom- economists are not calling. So I feel good about it, but it should mean nothing to you. You should have a buy box. You should know your buy box better than 99% of agents. Do the work daily. Your buy box is popping off and changing right now like it hasn't in years. It is so exciting to watch. But yes, I, below, I buy below the median on purpose. I want maximum protection. So good, folks. Pay attention. I love it. Let's continue. So let's talk about, this was something we've talked about for the last year. We talked about the real estate slowdown. Talk about what's going on there and specifically even in California, what you're noticing, what happened this week? Yeah. So again, when you look, when you start breaking down the National Association Realtor, you can get inside California and California is feeling it um, really more than, more than other areas, right? Both on the transactions and, and price drops and things of that nature. California is not immune. Right. California, frankly, has some structural problems. Right. We've we've like and then if you back off and you even go Bay Area where you and I live. Right. We've seen population decline like never before. We have seen uh, I think it was four percent of population decline inside of two years, which is nutty. Right. It just has it doesn't happen here. Then you see the stock market and RSUs and private companies and layoffs and hiring freezes. And it's not good in the Bay Area. I'm not calling for some big housing crash. The Bay Area is not immune. We're going to have more inventory. Days on markets are going to go up. We're going to have some motivated sellers and some want tos. And the Bay Area is not immune. The Bay Area is going to feel this like so others. And, and I wanted to say this because when you and I talked six months ago and talked housing slowdown, the Bay Area real estate agents let me have it. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, dude, I've lived here 50 years. You don't think I know what's going on? But yeah, they, didn't, they just didn't believe it. And now they're getting smacked. And I've actually had a couple of them re- apologize. You're right. I didn't think it could happen here. It happened overnight. I'm like, no kidding. It happened. You, you think the, you think a 1950s ranch in Palo Alto worth $2.2 million, just anybody can write that check. 
No, when people's RSUs get cut in half and, and their husband or wife is worried about their jobs, they're not writing that check. So uh, the Bay Area is not immune. It's slowing down here, too. Yeah, very interesting, too. And it's interesting, too. I want to mention about buy box that, you know, as an example, like a buy box of a neighborhood you might want to live. I'm noticing for myself, I have a buy box like that. I'm seeing tons of price reductions. I'm seeing a very rapid decrease. Of course, these are properties that are above the median value. Whereas in a buy box and looking at the slowdown, I see where, you know, stuff that's more investment grade. A few more deals, a few more price reductions, but nothing crazy in terms of inventory or no yeah. foreclosures going bananas yet. So yeah. very interesting times. Yep, I agree. And again, that what you just highlighted there is, it's frankly the difference between Phoenix and Vegas. Let me explain. So I had two, two real estate brokers, one Brian Lebo and uh, Mark something, I believe. But Anyways, I forget his name in Phoenix. Anyways, they came on my channel because I wanted to talk about these big markets. They're really hot. This is what I found. Vegas, Brian Lebo. He is seeing inventory build up above the median. Specifically, he calls out 750 to a million bucks. It's where all the new builds are. It's where all the California money's going. And the median in, in Vegas is like 485. So again, you could see $100,000 price cuts and still pull the median higher. I'm not saying price cuts aren't happening. I am talking about median home price. So again, you have all this inventory in Vegas above a me above, you know, above 750. If all of them have a $100,000 price cut, you still pull the median higher because there's no inventory at the bottom. He's talking about like 12% of inventory below the it's just like a nutty. And then you flip to Phoenix. This is why Phoenix is unhealthy. And it's either going to be Boise or Phoenix that has the largest price drop next year because Phoenix inventory, thanks to open door is building below the median. So if you're building below the median and you have a 40 K price cut, you're pulling the median lower. So Phoenix and Vegas are vastly different markets. They are not equal. They are not the same. They they're both building inventory. They're both crazy. But Vegas is building above the median as of today. That could change tomorrow. And Phoenix is building below the media. That is wild. They're going to be vastly different markets when you look at median price. Very interesting, folks. We want to look at your individual buy boxes. You want to know your markets where you work versus all the press releases. The headlines are all about national averages and what's going on nationally or even regionally for the most part. So, Let's move on to the next subject, which is rates. Very interesting. Rates, and then specifically the yield curve inversion. Explain the yield curve inversion and what happened there this week. Yeah, so the yield curve inversion, we, we talked about it last week very briefly. The yield curve inversion most often is what they call the two and 10. Well, what the hell is that? Well, it basically is the two-year rate and the 10-year rate. And, the, and so typically speaking, if you're going to borrow two-year money, you pay less than 10-year money, right? If you're going to hold my money for 10 years, I want a bigger return than if you're going to hold it for two, logically speaking. Yield curve inversion happens when two-year money is more expensive than 10-year money. It inverted last week slightly. It has continued to invert, and actually, as of this morning, uh, was the largest we've seen in quite a while. I think it was called 24 bips or 24 basis points. Uh, basically, the two years, 24 bait like is like, I don't know, 3.03 and the 10 years like 2.81 or something like that. So it's, it's significantly more expensive to borrow two-year money than 10-year money. 
Typically, it's a great indication of a recession. It's indicate indication that the smart money thinks that the economy is not healthy. The ten-year note has crashed in the last two year, two week, two days. Sorry, two days. It was like three point oh three, and now it's two point eight one. There are some very wacky things going on in the treasury market. So, if we if we talk about that, would you describe that as we heard this word before called volatility? Mm-hmm. Is that volatility at its best? Uh, it's certainly volatility. Absolutely. I mean, the, the bond market is often called the smart money. It is much deeper than the stock market, meaning there's more dollars behind it. And um, yeah, it's, the 10 year note is the 10 year note doesn't generally move this fast. It is all over the place in the last, really the last three weeks. And, you know, just to sneak ahead to the next topic, we have a fed meeting Wednesday and I'm willing to bet significant money that the fed raises 75 basis points which what does that mean well the fed controls overnight lending it's the very very front end of the curve the fed's going to go from one and a half to two and a quarter that should that's definitely going to raise the three month which is the shortest part of the curve but it could impact the two year could impact the 10 year um the fed's not done raising rates folks but again the 10 years going down at least it went down today so it's a wild time to watch. And again, why is the 10 year important to real estate guys? Because that's where the 30 year notes kind of price, right? 30 year mortgage, right? So it would not shock me if 30 year rates got better today. I, have, I didn't talk to my mortgage guy, but given that the 10 year is down 10 or 11 points, the 30 year money is probably a little cheaper today. Who knows what it'll be Monday, but it was cheaper today. Very interesting. Very interesting. So let's finish off. So let's talk about earnings. What happened this week with earnings and then kind of what's your general feel about the stock market and earnings this week and kind of maybe give us some like a thought of, you know, where your mindset is going forward. Yeah. So earnings are very interesting, right? It always starts off with the big banks. They're always the first to report as like Morgan Stanley and uh, JP Morgan and then Wells Fargo and City and then finally J- uh, Goldman Sachs and Cit- um, Bank of America. I think that's the order, right? It was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, two a day. And then we start rolling into, you know, uh, other companies like United Airlines and Twitter and Snap and Tesla and DR Horton. And generally speaking, uh, when you kind of step back, uh, so far, there's been 91 S&P 500 companies report. So call it 19% or so. Uh, And 86 of the 91 have flagged inflation, hurting earnings, right? Whether it's United Airlines with fuel costs or... um, you know, just currency and and strong dollar and just, it's tough out there. So again, the CEOs are talking about inflation being real. Why is this important? Well, unfortunately for us as consumers, as we've talked about before, when you get PPI, producer price index, that's what wholesalers are essentially paying for. We just saw that a couple of weeks ago at like 11.5 or something. And I've told you that sometimes businesses, when inflation comes, they'll hit margin. I'll eat margin so my customer doesn't pay more. Well, when you have 85 of 91 S&P 500 companies who have reported already tell you inflation is a problem, they are raising without expectation. They're just raising prices. They've already eaten margin for a couple of quarters. They're not going to do that anymore. So prices are going up even more. Uh, Then we had American Express report today, which was very interesting. American Express, if you don't know, has the highest average credit credit score of their cardholders. They saw record record spending on travel and entertainment. That's the K-shaped summer, right? The rich are getting richer, the rich are having fun, where the rest of us are just struggling. Um, We saw Snap 
have earnings 90 days ago, cut expectations, and then missed. Not good. Their stock's down like 30%. Twitter blames Elon Musk. Tesla did, did pretty good, uh, but their margins got hit. They sold their Bitcoin. Just a weird, weird time right now. Earnings next week are going to be bananas. We, a big earnings week next week. It's only started. So generally speaking, people are doing okay, but they're talking down the future because of inflation and currency and weak consumers. So it's going to be an interesting, next week's going to be interesting. So folks, you heard it here. Next week, the time we are beginning to be in this storm. You said something to me also, maybe, or maybe it was something that I was watching one of the, um, one of your other recordings, but you said that basically you feel like July 1st was oh, yeah. the actual beginning of the actual recession that we are now two weeks, three weeks, three weeks into this recession that it's really on. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah. yeah. Again, recessions are really odd because they're not, they're always called in the rear view mirror. So I'm making a very early call. Um, you know, this will be, this will be validated in January or February of 2023. I think the recession started January 1st, or I'm sorry, sorry, July 1st. And I actually think it's going to be a housing and real estate led recession. Builders are going to stop building. Transactions are going to be down. Inspections. You just don't know how much money is in the housing market. 15% of GDP is housing related. And if we have a 30% transaction crash, we have 80% of cash out refis going away. It's, I don't know what to tell you. The, the only question is, is it a, a slight, moderate, or severe recession? But yeah, I think, I think, I think the recession started July 1st. Folks. Pay attention. This is an opportunity for those of you that have the skill sets, that have the strategies, that have the tactics. Would you agree, Michael? Oh, I can't tell you enough, right? Everybody likes to buy and invest in a bull market. It feels good, right? You're investing with your friends. Everybody's winning, but that's not where wealth is made. You are made, you build wealth by buying assets on sale. You buy wealth getting terms, not price. Um, if you have the skill set, the next two to potentially, it could be two years. It could be four years. Uh, if you invest in yourself, you really understand what's coming, whether it's pre-foreclosure, seller financing, sub two, all the creative financing stuff that's coming. Man, I know personally, I will own more assets with less cash the next two years than I did the last two years. And you should too. I love it. Folks, so thank you, Michael, for all that you share. Um, I just want to make sure we have a few tickets left. We have diamond tickets. We're doing an event August 11, 12, 13 in Irvine, California. It's called rehybridevent.com. You can go to the website, rehybridevent.com. And that's really what is RE Hybrid. It's real estate agents and investors getting together. Our agents who are agents becoming investors, becoming your best client, but more importantly, getting this, the tools, the systems, the tactics, the strategies to really take advantage of this opportunity and really more importantly, be able to serve people, be able to help people, show up as a solution. Today, more than ever, we have to have solutions. We also, we're gonna put in the comments, you'll see a discount code. We still have a handful of general admission tickets at a discount. We also have a handful of the diamond tickets left. So if you have any interest, Buy your tickets now. Michael, thank you for all that you share and all that you do. Thanks, buddy.